Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. One more time. One more hour. That's the remix. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Here on 670, the score broadcasting live from the score Hyundai studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Uh, well, as of right now, the Bulls did not trade with the Los Angeles Lakers, who in multiple reports and rumors uh, had that that pick in particular going to the Bulls, whether that had been for DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine kind of a situation. Uh, but instead, the Los Angeles Lakers select Jalen Hood, Shafino from your your uh, space, the Big Ten. JHS. JHS. Now, he's a guy that people have been looking at him for, for more than just this year because of what he's been doing. What takeaways do you have of, of Jalen before we go out to Alyssa and uh, Mark Grody? Um, you know what, man? There's there's some DeMar DeRozan okay. to his game. He, he is a monster in the mid-range. He's not one of these guys who has had, like, the Steph effect hasn't necessarily reached Jalen Hood-Shafino yet. He's not one of these guys shooting from way beyond the three-point arc like I was talking about with Jet Howard earlier. But he's got great handle, and he was paired with an exceptional post player this last season in Trace Jackson Davis, who may or may not come off the board later in the first round. Frankly, I think TJD will probably end up being more of a second-round pick, and I think he's going to be a steal for somebody in round number two for a few reasons I can maybe get to, come back to later on this hour. But Jalen Hushafino, while he was paired with that exceptional post, there were games this season where it wasn't Trace Jackson Davis making the late-game big plays because Indiana was an exceptional um, exceptional defensive team this past season. Jalen Hutchifino was a part of the reason why, even as a freshman, a very developed guy physically and mentally. But then late in games when they just needed a shot creator, he was able to create mm. shot situations, shot opportunities for himself. And so there was a lot of corollaries between what we saw from DeMar DeRozan where just late in games, all right, get out of his way, let him go one-on-one, but he's not going to shoot some step-back three right. like a lot of the modern guys are doing. He's going to find his spot in the mid-range and be deadly accurate. Jalen Hushafino has a lot of that. Now, his game, his, his, his shot profile projects as someone who would develop a three-point shot down the road, but he didn't force it. It's not where he's comfortable yet. So I think his game will continue to expand. I think there's a lot to be excited about with that pick. Lakers selecting men number 17, 6'6", 215. Of course, they need some more offensive power if they want to make a deep run in the playoffs next year. Uh, the Bulls are trying to make a deep run in the playoffs next year as well, and we are keeping a close eye on any activity, anything, anything that could something. be happening. Come on, AK. Uh, and so we got two people, our investigative reporters, Mark Grody and Alyssa Bergamini at the at the Advocate Center. What's up, guys? What's happening? We we are hard hitting hard hitting journalists oh, over here. Yeah, we are. You know, Alyssa and I have become we've become a team tonight. We have. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, we've become a team. Like like we, on the basketball court. 
Well, oh, not no. Fortunately, we, no. We haven't gotten there yet. There, we have not. That's the first yet. disappointing thing that we've heard from the Advocate Center. We, yes. we went in with low expectations where the Bulls weren't going to do anything. <laughs> all we asked an hour ago was that you assemble all the Chicago media members there on site sure, and they got form a basketball team. Like, like reversible jerseys that you guys can wear. You know, they, they yeah. got a rack of basketballs there. You got hoops galore. All so we asked tempting. you to do was to form a basketball team. Was Billy, that so hard? You could have went up to Billy Donovan and said if he can coach you guys. I mean, it's just like, what do you guys? Come on, <laughs> so waste the opportunity. Was, he was scouting media members moments oh, good. before we just got back on air. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So... I did. I, th- I think we have some members that maybe uh, eventually will we'll have a pickup game. I, I did. I went over to a table that I thought would be game for our little reindeer games, and <laughs> they everybody rejected me. The, the following <sighs> people rejected me at that table over there. Mark Carmen, Rick Gregg, Boo. Andy Seligman, Boo. and Cody something or other. Boo! Whoever the Cody guy is that works. Uh, that yeah. Cody, Those are so party poopers. Refused. These guys, they're funny that way. They're like, oh, I might give our credentials, take it away. I told you. I said said what I said. I said, because then you're going to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. See, the Uh, good thing is, though, Grody can be that guy. Grody is that guy. He's not at Hallis Hall right now. He's at the Advocate Center. Yeah, you you kick me out of here. I can never come back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I wasn't coming back anyway. You didn't fire me. I quit. That's right. We, We were zeroed in, though, I should say, on the number 11 pick which, of course, went to the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. It was Jet Howard of Michigan that was supposed to have been the Bulls pick, so we were thinking about it. They lost that in the, the Nikola Vucevic deal, and we know that it's out there that Vucevic could very well get an extension with the Chicago Bulls. Um, was and- Chuck Swirsky? Uh, did you notice if, if uh, Swirsk was, was still in the house when that pick was made? Oh, he- He's still here. Yeah, he and he and he was telling us. Did he shed any too. tears when he, Jed Howard he went over. to the Magic? He did because he came so over I here saw, and he's I like, saw a, a tear go down the right side. How about during the Zoom, right, Alyssa? Wasn't he going off on that guy? <laughs> he did a whole show on the Zoom. You were there, Gabe. You're telling me you, Chuck was awesome on that Zoom. He all of Amazing. a sudden we all did our thing and then it got to Chuck and he just was like doing a show, telling us anything can happen. And he did when Jet Howard was picked, he did come over and he said, That's the guy I was talking about. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the guy I like. Yeah, yeah. So he Good does impersonation there. He, yeah, thank you. He does he does go. We also had somebody stop over here, Bergs, that <laughs> said to us that if does the Bulls call her don't Bergs? Yeah, okay. right. We're good it's, with that, it's right? Our, it's our little thing. All right, little okay. Thing. Just confirming. She's, she's a good bird. You guys can call me Bergs. Yeah. We're, we're right. teammates I'm going to file that it's away. Okay. Yeah. We deep, did have deep. somebody. Southern <laughs> 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 brain. Somebody did stop at the table and said, if the Bulls don't do anything in this draft today, if they don't move into the first or second rounds, that the Bulls will be a lottery team next year. So we have next Stop year. Stop it. Come on. That's ridiculous. To. That's that a ridiculous. I don't a, care who. A, don't say who it was. I'm not naming names. Oh, I'm just saying. It's a, a ridiculous reporter. statement. Okay. It's a ridiculous okay. statement because you're telling me that the 36th pick in the draft is going to then all of a sudden make the Bulls some sort of fifth. Like, come on. It's a ridiculous statement. Like, like, the, like the draft would have made a difference is what you're yeah. looking at. Okay. Like, well, like, what do you guys think? Let, let me throw this out to all of you guys. Alyssa, Big Ant, and Gabe. If the Bulls don't do anything, to like the, you bring back the core of your team, and I'm not talking about the peripheral pieces. You bring back basically what you had last year. Is this team just a play-in team again, or, or or does the bottom fall out because they've been maximum effort just trying to become a play-in team? 
I think you. I think you, you're most certainly a playing team. I mean, let's not forget the Bulls were in that position the year before. They just ran into some ruts in the middle of the season with the inability to have some some continuity, <laughs> some gel. Uh, but I think if, if you run it back, you got to assume that Zach Levine is going to improve his game. Demar Derozan, he's going to be consistent and give you what exactly what he's going to give you. And Vooch, you know, he's a double double machine. So what you're really hoping for is better roster construction by AK, where you are bringing in some uh, some specialists when it comes to shooters or guys that can give you good point guard play. And that way it can help the roster out instead of having, you know, a bunch of guys that are exactly the same. And I think that's something that, that hurt the Bulls in the long run. So, yeah, I think, I think the Bulls are going to be exactly who they've been for the last two or three years, which is a team that's going to be competing mm-hmm. to be outside of the plan, but in that space where they're going to be there. And no one transaction – is going to remove them from that space or propel them into the top of the Eastern Conference. I ain't even talking about you. Shut up. <laughs> and and some, something last year that uh, during postgame, I, I speak with Bill Wennington after, it was game after game talking about how Bulls are lacking three-point shooters, volume shooters. So that's something that I don't know what this core team, you know, is that going to be the same issue as – next year so the bulls actually finished the season in dead last in three-point shooting Mm. so that is something that they've struggled with throughout the duration of the season so if you're sticking with these these core members these core teammates how is that going to change and how are you going to get farther than just to play in games and big ant that brings up the demar Derozan question as Mm. great as he's been he doesn't exactly fit in with he's not exactly helping the three-point numbers that uh, Alyssa just outlined and I, I wonder because the, you know, Billy Donovan obviously got extended uh, early in the season, and so that was the the true not not just the verbal vote of confidence from his bosses, but the legitimate vote of confidence from his bosses saying this guy's going to be around. Everybody needs to get on board, and you know, I, I think this season, even though we're going to see yet another season where where the core at least is in place, but. We have to figure out where development sits. One of the points I was making to Gabe earlier was in addition to whether or not DeMar DeRozan is still here and Zach Levine, a healthy version of Zach like we saw in the second half of the season, if you re-sign Vooch, whether it's because of you know some sort of a, a loyalty to him or whether it's because you, you don't want that to look like a mistake, so if you unload him and you don't get anything in return. But if Vooch is back as well, there there is a core in place of talented guys, but then – at what point does their their harsh glare of expectation turn to Billy Donovan? Because if you're not going to be able to turn over the entire mm. roster, <laughs> how long do you stay committed to Billy Donovan? Because, all right, can Billy pull DeMar DeRozan aside and say, DeMar, shoot a handful of threes a game, man. I mean, you're, you're not awful at shooting them. It's not a huge part of your game. I think it felt like he did that last year. Late in, the season, it, late in the yeah. season. Late right. in the Second season, half. he finally began to. And can you get that from him for a full year can you whether it's in timeouts in practice can you get the guys to say you know what our offense actually functions best when it goes through Nikola Vucevic can you get that from them can you get them to say that even Mm -hmm. if DeRozan is back and Levine is at his above the rim best and Vuce is still here and whether he's shooting threes or in the post you're operating through him but Patrick Williams because at some point the youth of the roster needs to show up and Kobe White being a bigger part of things, and Patrick Williams developing. And he did develop a three-point shot. Even without getting a lot of opportunities to shoot them, we saw him develop a more consistent three-point ability last year. So Billy Donovan, if the roster's in place, it means they are showcasing faith 
and Billy Donovan to developing mm. what's in place. So we got to have that harsh glare of expectation, not just on sitting back and saying, well, it's too bad Lonzo Ball isn't healthy. Yeah. There's a lot of people making a lot of money based on just Lonzo Ball not being healthy. At some <laughs> point, you got to expect somebody, whether it's the decision makers, the coaches, the players themselves, to step forward and get more out of this collective than what they've gotten if it's going to be three seasons in a row of the same crew. And that's why I think, Ant, that you know, addition by subtraction is, is, is the best bet for the Chicago Bulls, you know, because what they've been doing hasn't been working. So you need to remove a piece to then allow a guy like Billy Donovan to be a coach, right? right. And really construct, or excuse me, create an offense that can be best suited for the Chicago Bulls. You know, you're talking and it, about. And it doesn't mean DeMar DeRozan's a bad guy. No. It means his game doesn't seem to be fitting what the Bulls need to exactly. be in the future. For this particular team, I mean, we talked about three point shooting. DeMar DeRozan was ninth on the team in three-point attempts per game. Ninth, hmm. averaging less. On than, his squad. On his squad, where he put up 17 and a half shots a game. That's what he was averaging. But, you know, under two three-pointers a game, that's something where, you know, you can easily have him bump that up to get into, you know, Pat Beverly range at least or or, or Pat Williams range where you're averaging, you know, three and a half to four three-pointers a game because we know he can knock them down, right? They just got to put up a couple more three-pointers hmm. there uh, to, to be in that position. So, you know, hopefully he can make that adjustment if, if, if they do run it back with that same roster. But, I mean, again, you're trying to rely on the talent that you've brought in to, again, just leave you in the same place that you were, which is, like we mentioned earlier, Groats, um, a team that is either in the play-in or trying to fight to stay out of the play-in situation. Right, and we, we also, again, assuming it all stays the same, Going into next year, it's going to be interesting at the point guard position. The Bulls forever mm-hmm. needing a point guard, and Lonzo Ball was supposed to be the guy. But Alyssa, Kobe White was very good at last year in terms of did things that I didn't think he was going to be capable of doing, and that is running the offense. And they have, they have a decision to make on him, too. I would assume that Kobe White is coming back, too. I would assume so as well. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about um, Derek Jones Jr. and opting out of his contract. Um, but that leaves, you know, $3.3 million on the table. He did not get a lot of playing time last season. So, um, you know, that that's one one change that we've seen thus far, and that's the only one that really has been talked about, to be honest. Yeah, that's where we are. We're at, we're at the, the Derrick Jones Jr. portion of the bowl season here, right? <laughs> Who I like, and I like yeah. And I like him, too. I, 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 yeah, yeah. But I mean, when you're only it's, playing it's, 13 minutes a game, I can yeah. see where both sides would be like, hey, it's dude, we're all good. We'll take $3.5 million. Derek Jones, I'm sure you'll get some more tick if you head over to another team yeah. like right. the Sacramento Kings. All right, uh, I know you guys are, are – what time are you guys staying there till? Well, we were just talking about that because Cause I got I got to pass up gonna... I got to pass up the Advocate Center on my way home. You know, I live by the United Center, so if you guys right. are up for you know a little game of thirty two, maybe a little twenty one, yeah. uh-huh. okay. you like to swing by. Right. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. I am going to stick around for the press conference whenever that may happen. Okay, um, because she's a professional. It's her birthday. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, she I'm, is. I'm doing my best here. We're trying, mm-hmm. me, me and Mark are trying to. Well, she is the post. She is the post game host for the Chicago Bulls. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I said, gotta get the tea here. So Yo. I'm gonna stick around. Um, maybe tweet out another photo of Arturis and his body language. So stay tuned. <laughs> yes. When's the last time we saw a Bulls executive? When's the last time we saw AK Eversley, right. today? Billy Donovan? All- no, I mean like yeah. today. How long has it today. been since they've been yeah. amongst you? That was that was hour ago. 
six. Oh, that was five thirty. Oh my god, that we was started early. this at six. Is that when, when we were here? Oh yeah, wow, it was like really? Six. Um, so they vacated to whatever the war room is here, and I don't. Yeah, I'm I don't looking, think it's Ooh, close by. some shades have been pulled above us. I mean, I don't think those Ooh. shades were pulled before Burgermania. Do you? Um, looks like at the, the other side. The Bulls banners. Oh, I just get a little glimpse of the 91, 92, and 93 banners. It's a cute, beautiful <laughs> yeah. area. Yeah. yeah, what do we got back here? Oh, yeah. Oh, see? Oh, that's it. Okay, somebody somebody just came out of what we are suspecting could be a double-decker war room behind oh, us. Man. The Good. curtains are closed. There's a camera up on. Do you see that, Porth, up there on the top? Yeah, there's a camera up there, but the <laughs> but the shades have been closed. Am I wrong, Burgamy? Yeah, I'm not making stuff up here, am I? You're absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. But, but I, I asked, too, I'm like, is this usually what the draft day is like? And media members are like, nope, there's a little bit. Um, usually a little bit more energy, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, so no, it's... Low, it's, low yeah. energy, right. low expectations. Yeah, I'm sure last year it, people were going crazy we when Dale and Terry got drafted. I'm sure it was going, <laughs> yeah, going it was wild over there. Year. It was a big yeah, night. Yes. All right, all right. All right. Uh, Mark and Alyssa, I've been working on this one. Bergrotimi. Oh, Go, try it again. Back to the lab with you. Bergrodimi. Just just flows just flows right out of the mouth, doesn't it? Okay? <laughs> it's like rolling wow. up the tongue, baby. All right. So many syllables. <laughs> All right, you guys. That's see you later, guys. Yeah, see you later, guys. That's it for us tonight. Hey. Have a great night. Bergs is still going to be here, though. I might both. We'll and, Grody, and Grody and I will be together tomorrow, 6 to 9. So you get That's some right. We've got a full part two of G&G. our draft coverage is tomorrow night <laughs> from 6 to 9. Right, Porth? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. There it is. Nice we just got recap. confirmation. Nice Six recap. to nine. And, Sweet. Um, Anthony? Yes. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell them, Bergs. All right, you two. Have a good one. Take it easy. Mark Grody, Alyssa Bergamini. Uh, a special thank you to those two uh, for hanging out with us and giving us the inside scoop all evening long. Uh, he is Anthony Harris. You know what? I am Gabe Ramirez. I think probably what it was, because if it would have been like Rich Wyatt as the engineer, maybe the shenanigans of getting people on the court, might have tipped off oh, at yeah. some point because Rich Rich is about that life. Yeah, but yeah. You, they got like you know the the boss man is really on the board for him as the engineer right it. now. Port, Port is Port has shorts underneath his pants right now and he's yeah, ready to ball out. I don't know, but but Bergs is still a youngster, yeah. you know. Like there, there's a there's a a a senior level executive who's in the house just kind of, you know, posing as the common man. So I would imagine that's a part of why they really didn't get the party started like okay. they could have. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. But they would have made a good uh, three-man team right there. Those mm. three, that would have been a good one. Get Porth in the post. Get Porth in the post. It would have been a good <laughs> one. All right. Uh, we are going to circle back to some Bears conversation. Um, one thing that was uh, talked about at length yesterday was the the – Pending free agents and the extensions that are available. Um, there are four names in particular. I'd love for you to put those names in order of importance of who should get their money first. Uh, Anthony Heron, we'll do that on the other side. Bears talk. Who should get the money? We'll discuss after this. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I mean, it did come uh, quickly. Um, I, I didn't really expect anything because it's different for each each guy. But I feel like with DJ, it's you know his body language is pretty easy to read. Um, and really early on, we communicated on you know how we want you know each route trained and stuff like that. And of course, you know he's a lot of experience. He's been in the league for you know a good a good period of time now. So you know he's he's played a lot of football, so he knows you know um, 
different coverages really well. Um, that's one thing that I was kind of impressed about, like with the offense coming in and just, you know, understanding, seeing coverages really well on uh, choice drops and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he's been great. And, you know, the, the chemistry has definitely picked up. QB1 talking about WR2. I have zero idea what this song is. People all over the oh, world. Okay. Join hands. Start a love train. Love train. Come on, Gabe. People all over the world. I would have sang what both of you, but Join both of you are off key. So I'm sorry. Oh, I'm love sorry, train. mister. I know how to sing love and stuff. Train. Okay. Great at basketball. What is Gabe Ramirez not good at, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Not <laughs> Golf. <There's one>. Ping pong. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, man. I did bring some. I actually, I forgot to tell you. I did. Mm-hmm. I did bring some of my music today. You did. I oh, really? did. Speaking of that, I did actually bring some stuff for Aunt to to listen to today. So ah, all I'll, play right. a couple, I'll play a all couple right. cuts. There okay. The, uh, okay. Yeah, I brought like a little. I mean, I, we've been here three and a half hours. So I'm just getting to this now. Hey, because hey, we are we have been hot <laughs> with NBA action. All right. And so uh, a stupid little R and B group from back in the day wasn't going to ruin our <laughs> our mojo, uh, but. Uh, we do what we do get to end this end the uh, this last half hour and talking about the Bears, you know. I think before we get into the the pending free agents or you know saying the extension eligible mm-hmm. uh, players for the Chicago Bears, I do want to talk about Justin Fields and, and DJ Moore since we just played that clip, mm-hmm. and you know I was having this conversation yesterday with Clay Harbor and it was about. The productivity, the expected productivity. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Of DJ Moore. And it was funny because Clay was trying to make a point, and I used his point against him, which was actually really funny. He was talking about Julius Thomas and how he was a thousand yard tight end for Denver Thomas. And he gets he gets a, a big contract with the Jags, but Blake Bortles is the quarterback, and he only gets like 400 and something yards that season. Mm. And he is – Clay Harbor is dead set on the fact that the Bears will be a top 12 offense next year. And I was like, yo, but they were the worst offense in the NFL last year and mm. the worst team. So to assume that they are Chicago going to Chicago Bears, <laughs> worst offense in football. Come on. So it was a they didn't let it define them. So I said, well, who's to say that DJ Moore isn't exactly like Julius Thomas mm-hmm. in that, you know, the, maybe the, you're giving the Bears like too much credit in thinking that they can be a top 12 offense. Like if they are middle of the road and sitting in that 15 to 20 range, that means DJ Moore is not getting a thousand yards. So, I guess my question to you is: Do you operate with certainty that DJ Moore is that dude, and that that Justin Fields will be able to get him the ball to make him a thousand yard receiver in twenty twenty three twenty twenty four season? I, I definitely feel good about it. I like the odds. You know, I don't know what the what the over under is for like Fields passing yards, twenty eight hundred receiving yards. Okay, I would take the over on the twenty eight hundred. You got any like? Is there a line on like DJ Moore receiving yards nah, or anything? No, nah, because that's not the more, more popular bet is the Justin Fields yeah, one right, that people right. are in on. Yeah, I'll take the over on that because I I, think, I can make you one though because I can. I, I, he's not going to get a thousand yards. Yeah. I, I just zero. No, no. For me in my brain, I just mm. I can't I can't envision a Bears offense with Justin Fields that has multiple weapons. With a thousand yard reach, I just can't. I just can't picture it. I hope it happens. Jeez, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'd be so happy if it does. But I would set the over under for DJ Moore like right around seven eighty. Okay, Sean, you're, oh, I know you're in on this right here. What do you think about that? Is that a good over under? Yeah, I, I think that's fair because he's yeah. he, like you said, he's not going to get to a thousand. He's not going to get to a thousand. Yeah, and I mean, if he did, does like awesome. awesome. Like you know, the good things have happened. Yeah. But I yeah, I think like 800 seven, right around eight, there. 7 800 yeah. in that range. So if you so if I told you 780 was the line, what would you say for DJ Moore? I I take the over. Yeah. Yeah, I take the over on that. Now I think there's between between the two categories if we're talking either double digit touchdowns or a thousand yards, I would say I feel more confident DJ Moore could get double digit touchdowns than a thousand yards. Same. Yeah, I think he's like going to target him a lot in that red zone. Right. And, Love that. And he's so exceptional after the catch. He's like a running back with the football in his hands. So the types of routes, the types of ways they can get him the football will just make the life of Justin Fields that much easier. Like think about you know when Darnell Mooney was healthy and kind of earlier in Mooney's career where they were really just trying to figure out how do we best utilize this guy, and especially when Allen Robinson started to taper off and Darnell Mooney became the number one receiver a couple of years ago. But he, Darnell Mooney isn't really that great after the castle. He's got some wiggle to him, but he's he goes down really easy right. on contact, so he's not someone who's going to break a bunch of tackles. They really haven't had a guy like that since, like, Tariq Cohen, right? It's, it's, what it's it feels been quite like, a right? while. It's been quite a while. And so now that they have D.J. Moore – you have a guy who is a a true receiver, you know, an, an exceptional route runner, 
He can run the go route. He can run in cuts. He can be a guy who you throw the ball to out of the backfield. He can run screen passes, or you can just hand it to him. He can kind of do everything you would hope a top-flight receiver will be able to do, and having that type of versatility will make Justin Fields' life that much easier, should allow some additional opportunities for Darnell Mooney to get those one-on-one matchups as well. And so, I mean, yeah, Justin Fields, you know, over – 2,800 yards, I feel I feel really good about that, you know, obviously assuming health for that receiver core because between Moore and Mooney and then, you know, if Chase Claypool is your number three option, I mean, think about all these different guys where when Darnell Mooney was miscast, it's like, all right, we got to see if he can be a number one. Yeah. I mean, Chase Claypool signs, he comes in like, all right, you got the physical attributes of it, but you haven't necessarily been a great receiver yet. You've had some highlights, but can Chase Claypool be the guy who can kind of show himself as a number one? Now you have someone who has been a number one and been extremely productive in doing that and had multiple thousand-yard seasons, even in the midst of a lot of QB uncertainty throughout his career. And so now – you have guys who can be slotted more in kind of their natural order of things. Is Darnell Mooney a number two or a number three? Fine. Is Chase Claypool a number two or a number three? Yeah. Fine. Everybody else can be blockers, and, and that's <laughs> fine. You know, if you're just going to have a bunch of guys who are exceptional blockers and not great pass catchers and occasionally surprise you when you throw the football to them. So I just I, – I like, I like the potential for this offense. Am I – Justin Fields – will still give them the potential for an exceptional run game. Does this offensive line protect the quarterback more effectively? Does the running back position without David Montgomery protect the quarterback effectively? That's a part of that, but then that's where you go to your offensive coordinator to say that you have to call the game in a way. And I thought, you know, you ended up, you know, getting this uh, from the play calling last season where the game gets called in a way by Luke Getze where you do take some pressure off of the pass protection because it's not so predictable that you have a stationary yeah. target dropping back over and over again. And, uh, you know, on the whole, the Bears are the top 12 offense. You know, what, I just bet money on it tomorrow? I don't know about that. But it's not a, it's not a crazy thought. You know, not based sheerly off of the passing offense, but on the whole, like in points scored or something like that. Bears in the top 12 somewhere, certainly top half of the league. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, that's the hope. You could read through or read between the lines of Justin Fields' statement as well. When he says things like, you know, oh, he reads the, the coverage so well. I never feel like I've never seen that before. You know, I, I feel like I hear a lot of that where it's like you're, you're, if I was a wide receiver, I'd be like, bro, I can read coverages too. You're talking about <laughs> this guy. You've never seen it before in your life. So that, that, that that's interesting. But, you know, you mentioned two – of the four uh, extension candidates, okay. Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, the other two being Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. If uh, Let's put those in order uh, right. of importance for you. Let's start with the lowest of importance for the four, of the four, and let's work our way up uh, with Anthony Heron here on 670 to score. All right, so we're going – we got Darnell Mooney, we got Jalen Johnson, we got Cole Komet. And, Chase Claypool. And Chase Claypool. Okay, so I would say Chase Claypool is of the least importance of that. Now, okay. in perception, because you traded a second-round pick for him, then it wouldn't look good. You know, we were having the discussion earlier about uh, you know, Arturis Karnaschivas and, and whether or not there would be sort of that emotional attachment uh, to, you know, whether or not you feel like you need to re-sign Nikola Vucevic because you've given up so much to bring him in here and you haven't had team success around that. So you could say maybe Ryan Poles has a little bit of that with Chase Claypool because you gave up a second-round pick to bring him in here. Now, during the season at that point, at that time, there was just such – there was so little help 
around Justin Fields, that the playmakers just were felt non-existent, especially once you got to the point where Darnell Mooney was injured. It just felt like we, we need someone who can at least physically be physically imposing at the receiver position, give us some potential to make some big plays on offense and in the passing game. So that you know, you operate from a little bit of desperation. Obviously, you know, we've been talking about the housing market and commercial breaks here. We're in a <laughs> yeah. position where all right, you, you make bids where maybe you operate with a little bit of desperation because of the situation where you want to make something happen. And I felt like that's where Ryan Poles was. It was still it was a calculated, you know, sort of acquisition for a guy with high upside in a team that just needed a high upside player because there's so few of those. They just they didn't have a lot of guys who just even have the physical dimensions to be a big threat. To the opposing and, and they defense. had no idea that they were going to get DJ Moore at the time. Exactly. So, I mean, I understand, you know, looking at it now in the present, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you got an abundance of wide receivers, but that wasn't necessarily the case, right. you know, prior to the, the, the assignment of the first pick yeah. in the NFL draft. All right, so we got Chase Claypool at the very mm-hmm. bottom for you. Then moving up, who do we got? So moving up, I would say I'm, – I'm, I would say Cole Komet, I think, from there uh, at number three in the – you know, kind of the bag alert power rankings here. I, I would <laughs> put Cole at, at number three. They talk about Cole a lot, man. They really do. They bring him up. I just, I just, you know, and, and obviously Clay Harbor is a former tight end, mm-hmm. and he, Cole Komet was on the top of his list, and he just spoke so highly of him as if, and I told him, I'm like, you're talking about this guy as if, you know, he has, you know, top five wide or top five tight end statistics, mm-hmm. and he was more so harping on the fact that. Cole Komet can do both. He can be a blocking tight end, and he can be a receiving tight end. Now, we mm-hmm. saw him drop a ton. Yep. You know, we saw him, you know, not necessarily get to the end zone a ton outside of those three weeks that he that he got the majority of his touchdowns. So, for me, he was further down the list. My my list was in alignment with yours. Chase Claypool, then Cole Komet at, sitting at number three. But am I missing something? You know, am I missing something when it comes to Cole Komet where, or, or, or like Sean said, a lot of people are talking about him. Is there too much value being placed on a Cole Komet when you're comparing it up against productivity? I think that Cole Komet and David Montgomery have a lot of similarities, in my opinion, where David Montgomery is a guy who was hands down the best running back the Bears had, extremely versatile running back as well, where he he can run the ball in between the tackles. He's got some elusiveness. He catches the ball really well, runs great routes out of the backfield also, and is – is a rock-solid pass protector. So he is your all-purpose, do-it-all back. Is any of it amongst the elite in the Mm. league? Maybe his pass protection is where he, like, separates himself from the majority of running backs around the league more so than kind of any other category. But he's not the best route runner in football. He's just really good at it. He doesn't have, like, the best hands out of a running back in football. But he's, you know, an upper trajectory of that. Certainly doesn't have the best straight-line speed. So I think Cole Komet is cut from a similar cloth as as a tight end. Where you know is he is he a good starting tight end in football? I think he's gotten to the point where well, I can view well, I can view him as a good Cole Komet as a good starting tight end in football. Is there anything that he is elite at in that regard? No, I mean you know he scored a good amount of touchdowns last season. Right. Most of those were misdirection, throw it back to Cole Komet because all the eyes are on Justin Fields. It's not like Justin Fields is just dropping back. In, into a stationary pocket, and Cole Komet's routing guys up, yeah. and then you know you just Over throw the a shoulder him. in the corner. Yeah, he, you know he, he doesn't have that Travis Kelsey too, which is okay. Mm. But I think we have to keep it in its proper context here. Cole Komet has a lot of value to the Bears because he is a homegrown talent that works his tail off, has gotten better every season in the NFL. 
But in the end, is Cole Komet an elite-level tight end? No. I mean, I, I agree with Clay's point. He can block and he can catch. He's not elite in either category. Yeah. He's not an elite-level blocker, even by tight end standards. He's not an elite-level blocking tight end. He's not an elite-level receiving tight end. But he's good at both, and you hope he continues to improve at both. It sounds like you're calling him the Carlos Boozer of tight ends, <laughs> where he is the best of the worst tight ends out there, but the worst of the best tight ends that are out there. And I, I think also the the intangible that's there of, of Cole Komet because the Bears drafted him, and he's working out mm-hmm. in that. But he, he's still his, – his performances can be very uneven at okay. this point. But, you know, I, I don't think we should overstate what Cole Komet is at this point. But if his game continues to improve, then, you know, maybe there's something there that, that you get even more excited about. All right. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We're looking at the uh, four players that are available for extensions and trying to put them in order from least of importance – least importance to most important we got – uh, Cole Komet at four. Excuse me. We got uh, Chase Claypool at four. Cole Komet at three. You got two guys left. Who's in that number two? Who's who's number? What is it? How, what Are is we teasing going? this and doing it? No, no, no. Okay. We're doing it right here. Um, right here. So this, I I struggled a little bit two versus three. I feel pretty confident about my number one though in this. I view Donnell Mooney as number two on this list and. It's not because the receiver position is hands down more important than the tight end position. For me, I, I struggled a little bit two versus three because I think the role of the tight end in this offense, and especially for Cole Komet as your starting tight end, and so you're hoping that you can get you know exceptional play out of that spot, whereas now that they've acquired DJ Moore, you don't need Darnell Mooney to become an elite-level player. So that, to me, is a part of where I struggled two versus three. But in the end, which one is better at what they do? Donnell Mooney is definitively a better wide receiver than Cole Komet is a tight end. Yes. And so even though I think the position that Cole Komet has in this team is better, it's a bigger deal if Cole Komet is really good than it is if Donnell Mooney is really good because they've acquired DJ Moore. So you're you're more insulated whether or not Darnell Mooney you know shows himself as an elite level player at his position. But in the end, Darnell Mooney is definitely a better receiver than Cole Komet is a tight end. That's a great point. Like at their highest level of yeah. productivity, you're going to get a better Darnell Mooney if he plays to what we know he can do, right? As opposed to you know a Cole Komet, which you know you have high hopes for him, but even his ceiling is not going to be higher than the ceiling of, of Darnell Mooney. It's funny, Anthony. Both of our lists are exactly the same. Really? Okay. Exactly. All right, so you had Jalen Johnson oh number one God, also. Are you kidding me? It was, I, I was like, when Clay was saying yesterday that it was Cole Komet, I was like, <laughs> what are we talking about? It's Jalen Johnson. Like, there's nobody else other than him. But he brought up a good point. And, and, and my, I'll tell you my rebuttal as well. Okay. His point was, you know, he thinks that the Bears are bringing in all these uh, DBs as replacements. And I looked at them as depth pieces so that that way the Bears don't have to worry about that position in the next draft or two, right, when you're worrying about depth and what that what the DBs look like. The, to me, in my mind, they've been taken care of. You have a mixture of youth, veteran presence there, and then you're working, you know, in the cyclical uh, environment with trying to get those guys through, and you have a window for them right now. But, you know, he was more so saying that he, he thought the Bears were – bringing in these guys to be replacements for people like Jalen Johnson. But, you know, how much better of a cornerback do you want to get? And, and I'm, I'm more so talking mm-hmm. – let's go back to the Vooch conversation we were having. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have if you have a top five um, 
a rebounder in the NBA, that's somebody who's going to be coveted, so you should want that. And Jalen Johnson, if you have a top 10 cornerback in the NFL, why would you want to move on from him if he's already established himself as that? So I agree with you when it comes to, to Jalen getting paid now. Out of the positions that we're discussing here, you're talking wide receiver and tight end and corner. It is the most coveted position of the four and – out of the guys that we're comparing, who's best at their particular position Preach. versus any of them, Jalen Johnson is a better corner than Cole Komet is tight end. Jalen Johnson is a better corner than Darnell Mooney or Chase Claypool are wide receivers. So in the end, he is at the most elite position, yeah. and he's the best at his position by comparing the four guys that we're talking about here. So if the Bears are in a position to pay any of them, who is the, the highest priority out of this group? Is Jalen Johnson. Well, hopefully uh, he can get his money before the season begins. We'll be watching that closely uh, for sure. Uh, it's Anthony Heron. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670, the score. Uh, it is an NBA draft special. So on our last little segment, we'll just do a recap. What's right. been happening while like we've it. been gone. And then uh, we'll send you guys on your way. The so Hawkeye can... came off the board. Another one? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and we'll, you get a chance to – we'll lead you right in to Chuck Swirsky, who begins – his show at 10 o'clock here on 670 The Score. Uh, NBA recap. What's happened while we've been talking Bears? We'll tell you right after this at 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. The Bulls currently have the zero pick in the draft. No pick in the draft <laughs> for the Bulls so far. Uh, but, you know, hey, you never know. You might go home. You might, you know, pull into a McDonald's drive-thru and then on your way out while you're eating some golden french fries, you might find out that AK pulled the trigger on something. Hmm. You have no idea. There's there's guys out there. I like I like guys Keeping that are out hope there. alive. I respect that. I like Imani Bates. I think that he he's could be like a, he's a troubled character, but he's you know, guy that can score at will and he's somebody that's still out there. I like Keontae Johnson from Kansas State. Uh, so there's still there's still people out there. It's just a matter of don't you remember, Ant, when second-round picks were like an afterthought? Mm-hmm. No one cared about a second-round pick. Right. Like, you could be like, yeah, you know what, just give me your second-round pick this year, and I'll give you my second-round pick in two years. <laughs> like, that's how that was. Now, you know, I guess just the, the talent pool is just so much larger than it once was that now you can find someone, just like the Nuggets did with with the Joker in the second round, that can be a difference maker. Look at Jimmy Butler. I mean, the the, the, the possibility exists I'm just wishful thinking. I just really wish. Yeah, the Bulls there's a lot of that second, right there. Right. Second round. I mean, we were talking about it earlier in the show. Like, oh, I just think, like, oh, it's too bad the Bulls got that sanction. They at least have a second round pick. It's really just for us. Just so we'd at least have something to discuss. <laughs> like, if the Bulls had a second round pick, Trace Jackson Davis being on the board, the power forward slash center from Indiana. Now, he's he is definitely not a three-point shooter at all, but. The other thing they need is rim protection. Yeah. And he is definitively a rim protector. So, like, say you didn't get Andre Drummond back. TJD exactly. could come in here, be a rebounder, and at this point in his development, this point in his career, be a more effective rim protector than what they got out of Andre Drummond. Now, you still got to figure out the NBA game and everything else. But if the Bulls had a pick in round number two, that'd be great. Or, you know, Bryce Sensabaugh out of Ohio State. If he was still on the board right now, that's a guy who's got some three-point range to him, who's a one-and-done guy, a surprising one-and-done guy from Ohio State, but if he still happened to be on the board in the second round as he was there, he'd be a really good pickup for the Bulls, I would think. Well, the good thing is that some of those guys might be available at the end of the night, right. and hopefully AK right. and has had some conversations, which I'm sure he had. He's, he's done his due diligence. Mm-hmm. He's talked to agents who who, ha- who represent players that you know are on the cusp of being drafted, 
and he's letting them know, hey, we have a place for you here in Chicago. I'm right. sure he's doing that. I can't imagine a situation where he isn't doing something like that. So um, it's not it's not going to be a flurry of signings the way the NFL draft is, where you hmm. get 20 dudes to come in that are undrafted uh. free agents. But I'm sure the Bulls can uh, put a finger on a couple of guys. Yeah, get a little summer league roster together. Exactly. Hopefully they can be contributors because that's ultimately what you want. But, again, you know, you got guys there. Carly Jones. You got Dalen Terry. Younger guys that, that want the opportunity. So um, you're going to have to grind it out. And that's going to be a place that the Bulls are going to find themselves in if they do not make it into the second round. But your NBA coverage continues. 10 o'clock, Chuck Swirsky, voice of the Chicago Bulls, jumps on. Until midnight to fill you in on all the latest happenings, give you some audio from AK and the rest of the Bulls staff. So make sure you guys are here I was about to yell, put him in the hall, but he's already in the hall. Hey. Hall of Famer. In the house. Hey. I got to thank our guest today, uh, Andy Katz, for hanging out with us. Also got to thank Alyssa Bergamini and Mark Grody, still working on their tandem nickname. Chuck's good with that. Maybe he can come <laughs> up with one for them. Uh, got to thank Cody Westerlin as well for hanging out with us. And, of course, and as it's always a pleasure – Doing radio with you, man. My guy, Gabriel. I know. Hopefully you and I can uh, get some luck in the housing market in the next couple of weeks. Fingers crossed, man. Toes, you name it. Exactly. All right, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Anthony Heron. Shout out Shady Sean Sears for holding Mm -hmm. us down today. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I ain't even talking about you. Shut up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.